Can we can we adjust the mics for him? Yes. One is pointing at the sky, one is pointing at his foot. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد brothers and sisters in Islam the topic for today is a fast topic and the time is not enough for it. Which is about being content as being, or contentment as being a Muslim. Islam is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we worship Allah day and night, we cannot fulfill our obligations towards Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us by making us Muslims. And many of us are born Muslims. His father is a Muslim, his mother a Muslim. It's a blessing. A blessing on top of another blessing. So Islam is the big ni'mah. And the kuffar, they envy us. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said so. 
And they are trying by all means to bring us out from the light into the darkness. From being muwahid, monotheist, to being, to be uh, mushriks, polytheist, atheist. As one of the famous missionaries, Zuema, he said in the conference which was held in Palestine, when one of the missionaries got up and he said, all our attempts failed in converting the Muslims into Christianity. He told him, you are stupid. This is not our aim. Our aim is to create a generation who knows nothing about his deen. So, Islam is the big ni'mah, the big blessing, which you have to hold and grip it with your molar teeth. Bite it, hold it firmly. Because people are trying to take it away from you, this ni'mah. And tell me, who is on earth today worship Allah properly? Tell me. The Christians? The Jews? The Hindu? The Buddhist? Who is worshipping Allah? Only Muslims. Only Muslims. The Jews? You read in their scriptures, in the Old Testament, God this is the concept of Allah, the concept of God they have in the Bible. That Jacob was wrestling with Allah. And he was nearly to defeat Allah. And he said, I will not leave you unless you bless me. This is how they talk about Allah in the Old Testament. This is the concept of God they have. The Christians, God died. Jesus Christ is God and God died. And the universe was three days without God. Because Jesus Christ is God, supposedly. And he was in the tomb for three days. And then he was resurrected. That means the whole universe was without the creator for three days. Imagine. Jesus Christ, who remained in the tomb, in the womb of Mary for nine months, is God. Astaghfirullah. The one who was circumcised on the seventh day, Jesus Christ, is God. That's what they believe in. God, that's God. The one who was humiliated is God. The one who was crying on the cross, If it is true, we don't believe in that. Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, huh? why did you forsake me? That is God. So, who knows Allah? Who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this globe, on the earth, the Muslims? That's why all the kafars are uniting themselves against us. All of them. Their common goal is the Islam. So that's why this ni'mah of Islam, we have to appreciate it. As Umar ibn Khattab said, those who did not know the jahiliyyah, they will not appreciate the blessing of Islam. You don't appreciate health until you fall sick. Then you know, oh, 
you know the value of the of health of being healthy if you not you don't know the jahiliya you will not appreciate what you have as imam ali said he said health is a crown above the head of the healthy people but it's only seen by the patient this crown no one sees it except the patient they see that crown the patient he sees that crown which you have on your on top of your head so islam is the deen and the last deen and it's the only deen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts and even when isa alayhi salam comes back he will only judge according to the quran and sunnah and as you heard in the lecture before about the signs of the hours that he will be led and not he will not lead the muslims and he will rule with the quran and sunnah he will not bring a new law so if someone said you are saying muhammad is the last prophet jesus will come after him he's coming who told you about it muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and when he come he will not bring a law to abrogate the law of islam he will implement the law of islam and that's why he's going to kill the swine and break the cross and will kill the people of the book if they don't accept islam so islam is the true deen and here there are some main characteristics of this deen first of all it is a complete way of life islam is a code of life code of life ask ask the christians or the jews whatever do you have in your bible instructions manhaj system teaches us everything they don't have the christians in egypt if someone passed away they come to the islamic court and to the qadi muslim qadi to divide the the tariqa the property because there is no law they don't have a law they don't have a law islam teaches you everything from the moment you open your eyes in the morning till you go back to sleep everything every movement islam is telling you do this do that do this do that because it's the code of life practical that's why they are afraid of it everything take any book of fiqh just have a glance a quick glance at the index and see they start from the tahara and they end up with jihad and transactions and everything that is islam so it is a complete way of life we have no dichotomy no separation between the rituals and daily activities all of them they are together no separation at all separation or what is known as later as secularism when they say you it, it, the secularism or the secular system was a natural product because of the deviation something was expected it was a natural reaction because of the deviation of the church during the days of the papacy when the popes were ruling europe when the bible was implemented when it was there if if someone passed away and you take your father or your mother to the church they will ask you where do you want him to go hell or heaven if you want him to go to hell it is free of charge 
But if you want him to go to heaven, you have to pay. Right? This is known as what? Delinquency checks. Right? You remember this? Read history. And that's why the Martin Luther protested against the Roman Catholic. And he formed his own group. And then that's why the church was against science. When Galileo said, oh, the, 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 what, the moon revolves, or the sound, the, 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 the earth is round, he said, this is, this is blasphemy. This is heretic. You are a heretic, you are a cavern. This is what they said. But Islam, with science, they go together. As you're going to hear. No contradiction between science and the Quran. So, Secularism, it suits this society because the deen being chained. That's why there's a conflict between science and the Quran, and sorry, and the Bible. Because it has been chained. And these scientific laws or physical laws, they are made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Quran is the word of Allah and the physical laws are made by Allah, so they are in harmony. No conflict at all. So it's the complete way of life. But unfortunately, this sickness, the secularism, this disease, contagious disease, was taken to the Muslim world. Okay? And brought there. And you see what they did when they brought this idea. What is the synonymous, synonymous term or the synonym for secularism? Huh? A religiousness. Circle, circular person is a religious person. So imagine, and what is the meaning of someone irreligious in Arabic? Ladini. Imagine if they, when they brought this word into the Muslim word, an Arab word, they said, Ladiniya. Will there any person accept it? No. Everybody will reject it. Okay? But they said, they are shayateen. They chose a nice word, Ilmaniya. As if it has any connection with ilm. It has nothing. Just like, because they are the student of Iblis, Iblis, when he came and he wanted to deceive our father Adam, he said, Oh Adam, you want a tree, you want me to show you a tree of eternity. If you eat from this tree, you are going to have an eternal life. That's what he said. Did he tell him, I will show you a tree. If you eat from it, your nakedness will be exposed and you will be driven out from the Jannah? He didn't say that. But he told him, a tree of eternity. If you eat from it, you are going to stay here forever. So he ate from it and all of a sudden he saw his nakedness. So he started covering his nakedness with the leaves. That's what the shaitan did. What did he say? He put the label. Label. The reality is the same, but he changed the label. This is what they are doing. They cover the, they put a label for the kufr, attractive one. Prostitution, bad things, is art. Art. <laughs> art. Art. See? How they deceive, because this is what they learn from the shaitan. Art. Riba, usury, which is prohibited in the Bible as well as in the Quran. They say, no, 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 no. In Arabic, they don't say riba, say fawaid. It's a fawaid. 
gains, gains, and on and on. This is what they are doing. You know why? Very simple. Because falsehood, the battle, falsehood has no root. No roots. So in order to, cons- to convince the people to accept the falsehood, you have to deceive them. That's in order for them to accept your falsehood, the battle. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَقْذِفُ بِالْحَقِّ عَلَى الْبَاطِلِ فَيَدْمَقُهُ فَإِذَا هُوَ زَاهِقٌ That we throw the truth upon the falsehood, it crushes it. وَقُلْ يَا أَلْحَقُّ وَزَهَقَ الْبَاطِلِ إِنَّ الْبَاطِلَ كَانَ زَهُقًا Because the battle, falsehood has no roots. So one of the main characteristics of Islam, it is a complete way of life. And we have to realize this. Unfortunately, many Muslims, if you go to him in his shop and you tell him, please fear Allah, don't sell alcohol, don't sell pork, etc. Say, Akhi, Akhi, Islam is dead in the mosque. This is secularism. This is secularism because now he is separating Islam from your, the daily life. The second feature. Balance between individualism and collectivism. Collectivism. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because man by nature is a social being. Man cannot live in his own. Man can never live in his own. He lives upon others. Dependent upon others. Just imagine the, the piece of bread you eat. How many persons contributed? The one who, the farmer, okay? And the one who cut it, harvested it. And the one who grounded it or sifted it. And the one who uh, kneaded it. And the one who baked it. And the one who delivered it. How many? So you, many people. So man cannot live on his own. He cannot. So he's dependent upon others. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he made the people in need of each other. No one can say, I am better than the other. Everyone is in need of the other. As one of the scholars gave this nice example regarding risk. He said, imagine a man, a multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire. Okay? So he went to his nice palace or villa. And when he went there, the sewer is coming up. Sewer. And the whole building is stinking. Okay? So what to do? He has millions. So he called the plumber. Okay? Come, come, please come. The plumber now said, sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. So he started to appeal to him, please, help sink into the, you know. So, so please help me. So he said, no, I don't have any, any means of transport. I will come and take you. So now the millionaire is rushing to him. To the shop of the plumber. Huh? Okay. And the plumber say, and he say, okay, come. So no, 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 no. I have to finish what I have. So he's waiting for him. Please, please. Oh, no, 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 wait. And he's waiting. So finally, he, he took him to the, he fixed everything. Now, everything is okay. He gave him his, his huh? wait and he left so at that particular moment, he was in need of the blama, the multimillionaire. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made the people, each one is serving the other. And you cannot separate yourself out of this bondage. No way. Imagine if all we are doctors or engineers. Who will remove the garbage? Who will remove the garbage? Who will do all these things? So all of us, because of the disease, will die. Because we are doctors, we will not remove the... Okay. The third feature. Brothers, I'm not trying to make you laugh. Realize this. Okay? But we have to realize the importance of this deen and the greatness of this deen. And we have to carry this light and this hidayah, this guidance to humanity, to the human beings. People are lost. Homosexuality. There are bishops who are homosexuals. There are churches here in England who are blessing uh, the marriage of man to man and woman to woman, lesbianism, etc. There are churches here in England where you can go and play lottery. After you go, first of all, do the service to God and then go and play lottery. This is the, this is the situation now. So all the people are lost and we have the guidance. So we have to forward it to them if they want to accept it. That's why da'wah, the only reason, I repeat it last time and today, the only excuse you have, the only justification for your stay in this country is to do the da'wah. Otherwise, you are sinful. You are sinful. So you have to play your role in this country and do the da'wah. The third feature or aspect or characteristic unity of matter and spirit. There is no, as I mentioned, separation. Together, they go together. Not that you concentrate on the spirit and you ignore the matter. No. Because man, man, consists of two main parts. Matter and spirit. So the material part needs food. Nutrition. And that is the food you take. That's what you feed this body. But also the spirit, the soul, cries out for food. That's why many people here, they have this spiritual vacuum inside them. And they try to fill that vacuum with what? Drugs, women, alcohol. Still the vacuum is there. Yes, when you, feel, when you drink for a while you forget your problems. But when you gain your consciousness again, the problem is there. So you go back and on and on. Sweden, they have the highest income per individual. But at the same time, they have the highest rate of suicide. And the suicide among the youth. Why the youth kill themselves? Because they have this problem. They try. They feel this vacuum inside them. Holiness. So they finally, I read a few months ago in the States, a group they kill themselves collectively. A group, they say, we are going to have another life. So this life is not good. Huh? And they decided to kill themselves. So in Islam, both. There is a balance between the soul and the, and the matter, the body. There is a balance. <coughs> that's why in Islam, that's why Sufism or the mysticism 
is not acceptable in Islam. You know why? Because they concentrate only on the spiritual side. That's why you find many people here who became Muslims through the Sufis. Because in the church, he goes to the church, and you know many of you who are reverts now, when they go to the church, what they do in the church? Huh? They dance and jump up and down. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> right? That's what they do. I've seen this. Oh, I feel Jesus entering me. I feel him. I've seen it. So, so he, he just left Christianity and he entered into Sufism, which is similar. Yes, Allah, Allah, Allah. That's what they are doing. Huh? And they jump up and down, up and down. So he's, he's feeling the, finding the same thing, which suits him. He's not finding the true Islam. And on the other hand, many of us only concentrating on certain issues, aqidah issues, and we neglect the ruh and the nafs. Also, we are going to other extreme. So when he comes to us, he doesn't feel anything to touch his heart. We neglected the heart. So he falls into the arms of the Sufis. Islam, no. Islam, there is tazkiyah. Always we... The Quran talks about the nafis. So you have to concentrate on your qalb, on your heart. Try to change this heart. Maintain your adhkar, which will soften your heart. Read the kitab Allah. You should have a word, certain portion of the Quran. You read it daily. That is your daily dose of the Quran. That will soften, especially you are living in a materialistic society. And you are surrounded by, you are living in an ocean of temptations. You look here, he's kissing her. You live here, they are doing something else. You live, okay? So if you don't have that strong iman, immediately you will be drifted and you will be washed away. Because the current is so strong. May Allah protect you. The fourth feature or aspect or characteristics, the universality or universality, universality and humanism of the Quran. That the Quran is a universal deen. Whether the kuffar accept it, they don't accept it, this is the reality. This deen will supersede every other deen. Alhamdulillah, insha'Allah, tahqiqan. Allah promised that this deen is going to supersede. We have no doubt. But it's only a privilege if it, that happened on our, upon our hands. That's it. Because if we don't do the job, Allah will substitute us with, substitute us and remove us and replace us with other people. They will come and do the job. That's it. This deen, Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, Abu Ayyub al-Ansari was participating and going for the jihad when his age is about 80 years. And he died near the walls of the Constantinople, Constantinia. There, the, his grave is there now. Old man was going and fighting to spread the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Old man. When Amr ibn al-Jamuh came with his two children and his children and telling him, Father, you are old. We will fight instead of you. He said, no, no, no. It is the Jannah, my children. I want to enter the Jannah. Anas ibn al-Nadr and the book of Jihad in Bukhari on the battle of Uhud. 
He said, by the load of another, I can smell the fragrance of the Jannah before the Mount of Uhud. He's smelling the Jannah. And he fought. And he was killed. And the Sahaba could not recognize him because of the mutilation. His nose is cut, everything is cut. Only his sister recognized him by his toe. So this deen needs men to spread it. As Dr. Taqiyyuddin al-Hilali rahimahullah said, he said, Christianity, men without religion, and Islam, religion without men. Religion without men. What are we doing? What are we doing for this deen? Ilallah al-mushtaka. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ إِنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكُمْ جَمِيعًا الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض لا إله إلا هو يحيي ويميت فآمنوا بالله ورسوله النبي الأمي الذي يؤمن بالله وكلماته واتبعوه لعلكم تهتدون Allah says Say O Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind. See, Allah is addressing mankind, not addressing the Muslims. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to endorse an ordinance, a command, He addresses the people by the iman. Ya ayyuhan ladhina amanu, la taqrabu zina. Ya ayyuhan ladhina amanu, don't do this. Because only the mu'min will accept this. But when He is addressing the humanity to guidance, He said, O mankind, Ya ayyuhan nas, come. O mankind, verily I am sent to you all. This is the universal message. All. Not as Jesus salam said, I am only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Right? That's what Jesus said. And the Christians, they said, no. We have to baptize everyone. The Gentiles, they, they call us Gentiles, okay? Whoever is not a Jew or something. Huh? They are saying we are born with sins. The original sin. Huh? Inherited sin. So, so that's why they are taken upon their shoulders to baptize and convert everyone into Christianity. They have to dip you into the water and bring you out. Because this is baptism. Okay? If you are a small baby, they call it christening, is it? Yeah. If a small child, they have to dip him in the water and they say this holy water from the river of Jordan. Okay? But if you are old, they have a spray. They put it in your face, a little bit. And they have, anyway, in the church also they have crumbs of bread. So you eat it, these are the bread of the flesh of Jesus. So you are eating your God. This is the, what is there in the church. So, oh mankind, verily I am sent to you all as the messenger of Allah. They don't hear. O oh mankind, a very lamb sent to you all as the messenger of Allah to whom belongs the dominion of heavens, the kingdom of heavens and earth. Everything belongs to, be, belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of Allah's name is the king, al-malik. And do you think, do you think I'm a king without kingdom? Figurehead? Do you think Allah is a figurehead? No. Allah is the king, al-malik. And he rules. 
and we are his slaves and we have to abide to his law. La ilaha illa huwa is the only God worthy of being worshipped. It is he who gives life and causes death. You know, in the Quran when Namrud, Namrud was a dictator, a tyrant. So he was arguing with Ibrahim alayhi salam and he said, Ibrahim said alayhi salam, Inna Allah yuhi wa yumid. Verily Allah gives life and death. So Namrud, this foolish huh, tyrant said, I give life and death. How? He said, this man is sentenced for death. So now, we'll set him free. Okay, we are not going to kill him, so I give him life. So Ibrahim realized the stupidity of this king. So he said, no, no, no. Instead of killing this person, Allah brings the sun. This is very simple. Allah brings the sun from the east. So bring it please from the west. So the kafir was astonished. Surprised. Because he cannot do that. Fir'aun who said, فَحَشَرَ فَنَادَ فَقَالَ أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَىٰ He gathered the Egyptians. Said, I am your supreme lord. So this supreme lord, what happened to him? Drowned into the sea. And he was crying in the sea when he was sinking. And he said, I believe that there is no God except the God that the Israelites believe in. He didn't want even to say, La ilaha illallah. And Jibreel was putting mud into his mouth. Jibreel hates the Pharaoh. Jibreel was afraid maybe he would say, La ilaha illallah. So he was, huh? <laughs> huh? So he was filling his mouth with mud. And he didn't say la ilaha illallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, today will only save your body. So the ocean, throw the body to the shore, huh? and being mummified. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did that? To be a sign for us now. So now this will say, Supreme Lord, you go to Egypt, and you bear maybe a few bounds, and you see this king there. The Supreme Lord. <coughs> So believe in Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi And tell the Christians, if you want to be a true Christian, follow, become a Muslim. Because when you become a Muslim, you will be a true follower of Jesus Christ. That's it. If you want to be a typical Christian, become a Muslim. Because that is, what, and then Jesus Christ will be happy with you. Because that is how you can follow Jesus Christ. What the Bible says. How did Jesus pray in the, uh, uh, to Allah in the Bible? Like this. Or as the Bible says, that he went a little further and he fell down on his face. Who, did, who does that today? Who does that prostrate except the Muslims? So if you want to be a true Christian, follow Islam. That's why a debate happened between a rabbi and a priest and Muslim scholar. So the rabbi talked that we are the chosen people. We are chosen by God. And everybody should be a slave. This is what the Jews believe. We are slaves for them. And the Christian then talk that God, 
Jesus is the Son of God, died for your sins, so he's your Redeemer. So when the Muslim scholar talked, he said, if, he said to whom? To the Jew. If you are going to enter the Jannah, heaven, because you believed in Isa and Musa, we are going also to enter the Jannah because we accepted Musa. And we accept Musa, so we are going to enter the Jannah as well. And he said to the Christian, if you are going to enter the Jannah because you believed in Jesus Christ, also we are going to enter the Jannah because we accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But we will enter the Jannah because we accepted all the prophets of Allah and Muhammad wasallam, and you will not enter the Jannah because you did not accept Muhammad wasallam. You did not accept him. <clears throat> the prophet... So believe in Allah and His Messenger, sallam, the Prophet who can neither read nor write. Nabi Ummi, the Prophet sallam, was not reading or write and writing. He was Ummi, illiterate. Illiterate. So this is a miracle. Of, this is the Quran, is the miracle. And it was a challenge for the Arabs. The master of the language. They couldn't find. Huh? They couldn't find. Any fault, any mistake. In the morning they are saying he is a poet, he is possessed, he is this. And at night, the Prophet ﷺ is praying in the Masjid al-Haram in Mecca, in the Kaaba, praying. So they go and sit down and listen. Because the Quran moves them. They enjoy it. Uh, who told us this? Abu Sufyan after he became a Muslim. Abu Sufyan, he said, I used to go and stay the whole night listening to the Prophet ﷺ. So when it is, the day is about to break, the dawn, daylight, so I run away because I'm afraid people will see me. So many times I ran into Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl doing the same thing, listening. So I ran into him. What are you doing? What are you doing? Keep quiet, keep quiet. Don't do it again. I will not do it. <laughs> and the next night they come. And it happened many times. Why? Because they know that this is not... Poetry. This is not poetry. Those who understand the Arabic language, they realize this. This is not poetry. And all, subhanAllah, the Arabs were very, very clever regarding this. You know, they have something called muallaqat. The best poems, they will hang them on the wall of the Kaaba. The best poems. And every year, there will be like, a, like a, 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 what do they call it? Like tournament, like a festival, where, uh, competition, okay? Where all the poets from all different parts of Arabia, they will come. And each one will say his poem. He will narrate it. Okay? And the condition that he will say it only once consists of 100 verses, 200 verses, and he will say it only once, and the Arabs, they will memorize it from the first time. That's the why the Quran was memorized. Because of this talent, the sharp memories. So they know poetry. So Quran is not poetry. Also, it is a revealed religion. This Quran, this deen is revealed, it's from Allah. سبحانه وتعالى قل ما كنت بدعا من الرسل وما أدري ما يفعل بي ولا بكم إن أتبع إلا ما يوحى إلي وما أنا إلا نذير مبين. Say, O Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, 
I am not a new thing among the messengers. I'm not the first messenger to come to you, nor do I know what will be done with me or with you. He doesn't know what is going to happen to him or to us. So he doesn't know the unseen. Though many of the Sufis, uh, they say, our Sheikh, uh, he knows what is in your heart. So the disciple should not hide anything from his Sheikh. Huh? So the Sheikh knows what is in the heart of the disciple. So he has to tell his Sheikh everything. That's how they, huh, they uh, educate their, their murid or their disciples. Also, simplicity. Islam is very simple. Very simple. Everyone understands the Islam. Everyone. There's no complexity at all. Very simple, the Islam. Also, status of women in Islam. Women, they got their rights only in Islam. Before Islam, the woman will be inherited along with the property. Before Islam. Islam gave the women their rights. Huh? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضِ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَيُطِيعُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ أُولَٰئِكَ سَيَرْحَمُهُمُ اللَّهُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ <coughs> So, all of them, the believers, men and women. Men and women, regarding the takalif, the obligations, the rituals, they are the same. So the woman prays as the man. No difference at all. Not like the, the, the Hanafi say, no. The woman should do like this, and the man here. Why the woman here? Say, in order to stop the milk from boring forward. Yeah, that's what. So that means, if she's a ruku, also she has to do this. No. There's no difference at all. There's no difference between the prayer of the woman or prayer of the man. So he's saying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the believers, men and women, are awliya, protectors of one another. They enjoin al-ma'roof and forbid huh, the munkar. They enjoin what's right and they forbid what is wrong. The women, they do the da'wah. And we should not neglect them. And we have to educate them. And everyone should educate his wife. Unfortunately, I don't know if this is the situation here. And I think it's the same. Okay. You find brothers that are talab ilm, seekers of knowledge, but his wife is ignorant. And he goes and gives uh, study circles and he doesn't teach his wife. Okay. We have a saying in Arabic. They say the door... Uh, of the carpenter is broken. He's a carpenter, but his door is broken. So he's fixing other people's doors, but his is... We have... Okay? So, please, don't be like this carpenter. So, you have to, you have to educate your wife. You have to. It is her right, as Imam Ali said, when he commented on the ayah, he said that you teach your wife. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all you who believe, save you and your family, and your wife, uh, from the fire which uh, is fuel, that whose fuel is 
uh, men and stones. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying the believers, men and women, are awliya of one another. They enjoin what's right and they forbid what's wrong. The woman came to the Prophet and he said, Oh Prophet of Allah, please allocate one day for us. A lot one day for us. Teach us only something special for us. So he said, okay, gather all of you in the house of so and so. And he went to them and he gave them. He dedicated one day only for the women to teach them. So that's why whatever you learn, you know the woman of the companions? When the moment he comes and enters the house, he grabs him. And he tells her, what happened today? Tell me what is revealed today to the Prophet. Teach it to me. Teach it to me. This is what they used to do. So, MashaAllah, you learn many things in this conference. Share it. And the knowledge when you share it, you understand it more and it, it increases. <coughs> and obey Allah and His Messenger. So both of us, men and women, we have to obey Allah and His Messenger. Because some Muslim woman, she will say, why should I wear the hijab? It's not a must. No, it is a must you wear the hijab. If you worship Allah and if you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's the hijab, my sister? It is a protection for you. Allah is protecting you. And as well, he's protecting me. He's telling me, lower your gaze. And he's telling you, lower your gaze. Imagine a society. When the woman sees the man, he does like this. When the man sees the woman, he does like this. MashaAllah. But now, when the woman sees the woman, man sees the woman, what does he do? He scans her totally. Okay? Huh? And maybe now the sisters are also watching us. No one is lowering her gaze. This is temptations. Shaitan is very crafty. Huh? Don't say it is only on the screen. So we have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is a protection. Allah, as the Prophet said, When the woman beautifies herself and comes out of her house, the shaitan wishes to have her. He wishes, the shaitan wishes to, to have her. I can't elaborate more, to have her. The shaitan, before the human beings. And then the Prophet said, When the woman comes to you, the shaitan is always with her, moving together. And also when she goes back. And that's why shaitan is telling you, look, look, look. But if she is covering herself, she's protecting herself as well as I am protected from being tempted. So we have to be very happy about this deen. Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, قُلْ فَبِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا هُوَ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ وَاللَّهِ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ This deed, which means, say, قُلْ, say, in the bounty of Allah, this blessing of Allah, in the bounty of Allah, and in His mercy. This deen is a mercy, really. It is na'ma, rahma. In the bounty of Allah, and His mercy, and that is Islam and the Qur'an. Akhi, subhanallah, Islam teaches you everything. As Salman al-Farisi, a Jew asked him, 
Your prophet taught you everything? He said, yes. He taught us everything, even how to respond to the call of nature. How to respond to the call of nature? Islam taught us. Many people, they don't know how to respond to the call of nature. Huh? They're very dirty. <laughs> Believe me. They don't clean themselves. Because they don't know. Their deen is not teaching them that. You see it. Very dirty. Okay. Islam taught us even how. The manners. How, when, how to enter the toilet. What to say. What to say when you come out. Everything. Allah's deen taught us everything. Say in the bounty of Allah and in his mercy. Let the, them, the Muslims, rejoice. Yes. We have to rejoice. Because of this barakah and because of this guidance and because of this mercy. That is better than what the wealth they amass. All the wealth that you accumulate and you gain, what it will do to you? Huh? Listen to this exhortation. This nasiha, piece of advice, which was given to Harun al-Rashid. Harun al-Rashid, on one summer day, it was very hot, so he asked for water. He was thirsty, so he asked for water. So one of the scholars sitting beside him, when the water was brought, he took the glass of water and he gave it to the Khalifa. And before he put it in his hand, he stopped. He held the glass and said, how much will you pay for this now, for this glass of water? He said, half of my kingdom. Say, drink. So he drank. Then he told him, if this now, this glass of water, this amount of liquid is trapped inside, in your bladder, and it's not coming out, and you want to urinate, you cannot. And then a doctor came and he said, I will have the medicine which will bring it out. How much are you going to pay? He said, half of my kingdom. So he said, the whole kingdom is lost now. All your kingdom is, is gone. Half for the water to take it in. And half for it to come out. What kingdom is this? This is the dunya. This is the value of the dunya. Where are the kings? Where are they? They are under. And they are dying one after the other. What are they taking with them? Nothing. Nothing. Scholars, they say, the child when he comes from his mother's womb, he's doing what? Like this. His hands are like this. When he comes out. Say that he's gripping the dunya. And we, when he dies, he leaves it behind. He's not taking anything with him. Nothing. You will not take anything with you. The money, you will, everything, you will leave it behind. The money you accumulate. Many of us are worried and anxious, preoccupied about the future of the children. True or false? <laughs> True. Okay. Everyone, the future of my children, the future of my children. How about your future? He doesn't think about his own future, only the future of the children. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, when he died, when he was on the bed of death, when he was breathing his last, he called his children. He said, my children, I'm not leaving anything for you. 
if you are righteous and pious, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not huh, desert you. And you will not be lost. Allah will look after you. And if you are not, Alhamdulillah, I'm not leaving you anything that which will help you in committing sins. That's what he said, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, to his children. I'm not saying that you should not leave anything from your children. No, for your children. It's better to leave them something in a, rather than begging the people. But you should not be always preoccupied. Then you will have a problem with your heart. Wallahi, you will have a problem with your heart. Because you are always thinking about your children, your children. If you are worried about your children and you want a protection, not insurance, and give you better than that, tell you something better than that, the real permanent insurance, what is it? Read Surah Al-Kahf. Surah Al-Kahf teaches us that a pious person, a righteous person died, passed away. And he left his children too. And there is a treasure under a wall. Buried under the wall. And the wall was going to, was inclined, nearly to fall. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Al-Khidr alayhi salam, and the Khidr is a prophet, and he died away. He's not alive as the Sufis say. Al-Khidr died as Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani in his book mentioned that. And if he's alive, why he didn't come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to give bay'ah? Hmm? So he died. So he's not alive. So Allah sent Al-Khidr to restore the wall. Why? Because you know the people are so stingy. Okay? Imagine if that wall fell down and then the treasure became huh, huh, apparent, vivid, clear, everybody is seeing it. So they will take it and they will devour it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting the children, the orphans' treasure. Because of what? Because of the piety and righteousness of their father. Okay? This wall was for ghulamayni, two lads, two chaps. Yatimayn, orphans, in that town. Yatimayn, wakana abuhuma. This is the reason. The reason that we protected this treasure because of the righteousness of the father. So if you want Allah to protect your children, be what? Pious. This is the guarantee from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said as a Bukharian Muslim, one minute, I think it's one minute, huh? Or I can carry on. He said, the real richness is the richness of the soul. The real richness is the richness of the soul. This is true, believe me. Find people, they have millions and they are greedy. Greedy. And you know, who is the most trustworthy among the mankind? Scholar, they say, the stingy, the miser. You know why? He said because he's so, so concerned about this wealth because it's not his. So he has to convey it to the, huh, the real owners who will come after him. So all his life he's sweating and he's only taking little of it and the rest he's maintaining it in order to convey it and to pass it over 
Huh? To whom? To those who will come after him and enjoy this, huh? this wealth or this uh, amount of money. So, as I told you, you can see all a few pages. The topic is so vast. So here, we'll take questions, inshallah. So, inshallah, we'll take questions. هنا سؤال باللغة العربية ما هو وجه الخلاف في حول تغطية الوجه which means what is the different opinions and views among the scholars regarding the face well, can the face be okay. so you can ask. Yes. Uh, regarding the face Will, should the woman cover her face or it's not necessary this is brother first of all it is this issue is an issue of a controversial issue of disagreement among the scholars, dispute. So some of the scholars, they're saying you cover the face. Some, they say you don't cover the face. And this difference was existing from the time of Sahaba, which means it's going to exist until the end of the day, until the Yom Al-Qiyamah. So it was not going to be solved. And this khilaf between the scholars regarding this is acceptable because I'm supposed to mention this to you last night. So now it is time to mention it. The types of khilaf. What are the types of disagreement or differences? There are three types. Three types. One type is prohibited. One type is fard, obligatory. And one type is permissible. So how many types? There are three. The prohibited difference or disagreement to disagree upon the fundamentals. Fundamentals of the deen, the creed, that is prohibited. The uh, second one which is, should be, or should exist, which is khilaf, wajib, obligatory difference, or disagreement, and that is to disagree with the kuffar. And to be different from the kuffar. To be different from the kuffar and to be unique. So that type of difference is obligatory. The Muslim is different from the kuffar. He differs in everything. Every Muslim in his salah says, what? al-mustaqim. Guide us to the straight path. Guide us means what? We don't know the straight path, we know, we know it. But guidance are two types. Guidance of direction and guidance of support and help. So we are asking Allah to support us and to keep us on that track and not to go here or there. That's the meaning of Ahdina Sirat Mustaqim. Sirat al An'amta Alayhim. The way of those who are, whom you are pleased with. The martyrs and the prophets. Alayhim. Not those who brought upon themselves your wrath and anger. The Jews, as the Prophet said. Not those who went astray, the Christians. Every Muslim says this in his prayer. He said, please Allah, save me from the way of the Jews and the way of the Christian. But when he says, Salaamu Alaikum, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah, he follows the way of the Jews and the Christian. See the duality? There is duality. In his salah, he's asking Allah something, and out of the salah, he is saying something else. That there is duality, two personality in one. So this is the second type of khilaf. The third type of khilaf or difference, what is it? Permissible khilaf. Permissible khilaf 
of permissible disagreement. Which is this is all the problems we have, most of them they fall under this. We are arguing about issues which they fall under this. I remember maybe 12 years ago, huh? I'm still, inshallah, crawling in seeking the knowledge. But 12 years, 12 years ago, we were, among us, the brothers, we were fighting whether after ruku to put the hand here or here. You know, after ruku, when you got from the prayer, where do you put your hands? On the chest or you put them back? We were fighting. But alhamdulillah, as the scholars said, huh? sorry for this when I digress, huh? the scholars say scholars are three spans. The knowledge are three spans. The first span of knowledge, you think that nobody knows everything except you. It's the first span. And most of us are in the first span. Everybody is ignorant except him. The second span of knowledge, you start to cool down. As you say, to realize things. Well, this knowledge is an ocean. Huh? It's not as what is huh? It's appeared to me. If now you reach the third span, you discover the ignorance, your ignorance. You know that you are ignorant, you know nothing. And maybe it would take you years to finish the third span, to discover that you are ignorant. That's why after a few years, when you look what you used to do, you will laugh. Subhanallah, I used to do that? It's impossible. Now if people, they pay money, money and say, do that, I cannot. I cannot, but at that time I was doing it. Okay? This is the problem. So the third type of disagreement is permissible one. Like what? You find the same scholar is quoting the same hadith. But the problem in the interpretation, how he looks to it and how he understands it. When the Prophet said to the Sahaba, you should pray the Asr only in the locality of Bani Quraid and Medina. So the Asr came while in the way to Bani Quraid. So the Sahaba said, some of them said, we have to pray Asr. Some they said, no. He said, you pray Asr there. So they said, no, 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 no. What he meant is, he wants us to hasten, to, to, uh, to quicken, to run, to make it quickly. They say, others say, no, no, no. He said, you pray Asr, they will pray Asr there, even if we reach their Isha. The Sahaba, yes. So all of them, do they disagree on the Hadith? No. On the understanding of the Hadith. Okay? So, but what did they say? What did they do? This party who say we'll pray there. Did they say you are deviant to the other group? You are Mubtada? You went astray? No, they waited for them. Say, okay, you pray. We'll pray there. So they prayed. And then they joined together. Huh? And they went. And they drove the Jews out of the Medina. And the, rest grew, the other party, they prayed in Medina. And then they narrated it to the Prophet ﷺ. And he approved of both opinions. Both understandings. Okay, this issue after the salah, with the hands, here or here? You know what? The same that you're using the same hadith. We, community of prophets, the prophets, were commanded by Allah to place our right hand on the left hand in the prayer, underline in the prayer. Because after the ruku'ah, in the prayer or outside the prayer? In the prayer. So they're saying, this is nasun am, this is a general text. It is. So whoever says, it is only before the ruku', see the argument. Whoever says, that only you put your hands, before the ruku', has to produce the evidence. Where is the muhassus, the specifier? 
Where is it? So you don't have any evidence says this. This is their proof. So that's why they say the sunnah, as Imam Ahmad and others, after ruku' you put your hand on your, again, because this is still in the prayer. The others who are saying the same, no. The sunnah, not to put them after ruku' in the chest. You put them down. Why? What is the, the argument? They say, the Prophet ﷺ did not do that. Did not do that. Had he done that, it would have been narrated to us. Are you following me? Had he done, had he placed his hands after the ruku' on the chest, it would have been conveyed and narrated. The Sahaba, they conveyed to us and transmitted to us the movement of the index finger. Right? This they didn't huh, forget. And they forgot the, placing the hands on the chest. So that means he was placing his hands here. And those Sahaba companions, in many, in Bukhari, in Muslim, in many of the books of the Sunnah, when they used to teach the, the, the students the Salah, they said, now I will teach you the Salah of the Prophet And you will stand up and start praying. And they were not putting the hands after the, the Ruku. So now you understand the issue? It falls under which one? The third one. Which is permissible. Because you can see, those who are saying, it is putting on the, on the on, you put their hands after the ruku' on the chest, it is most, maybe, there is possibility for that. And those who are saying no, so if you are convinced, okay, by studying the proofs and the evidences, that you should not put, but don't start criticizing that's why. Sheikh bin Al-Bani, Allah, he's saying this is bid'ah. But when he prayed behind Sheikh bin Baz, Allah, he did the same thing. See the respect between the scholars? He put his hands after ruku' on his breast, on his chest. To follow the imam. Because he's imam. And he's mujtahid. This is the respect which they have. So many, many of the differences, they fall under this. So now this issue of covering the face, the same thing. But my advice for my sisters, and this is for all of you, this is the rule of thumb, inshallah, if you find there are two opinions of the scholars. One opinion is saying it is haram, and the other opinion is saying it is makruh. What should you do? Do it or leave it? Leave it, to be on the safe side. If it is makruh, you left it. If it is haram, you left it. If the scholars, some of them are saying it is fard, some are saying it is sunnah, what you should do? What should you do? Do it. If it is sunnah, alhamdulillah. If it is fard, alhamdulillah. By this you can minimize the differences. In many issues. In many issues. So, my, always I'm telling my sisters, cover your face and come out of it. Because the beauty of the woman where? Her legs, arms, or the face. What do you look the first spot? Where's the focus? The face. That's where you look. That's immediately you look to the face of the woman. So, so my advice for my sisters, kafir. If it is sunnah, alhamdulillah. If it is fard, alhamdulillah. So no one will talk about you. But some sisters, I receive calls back home and they ask me, say, I want to put the niqab. But my husband said, if you wear the niqab, you are talik. Yes. 
a husband like that. If you put the niqab on, you are divorced. So, so I tell her, alhamdulillah, there is room, there is flexibility. Okay, so don't wear it. Don't wear it. Because this is, will lead to the destruction of her family. Okay, maybe some will come to you and you have a bunch of children and you seek his advice. And you tell him, my wife is not putting the hijab on, the niqab on. You say, divorce her. Divorce her. What is divorce her? Why? Huh? Maybe she is talib at ilm and she will tell you no. The delil is this. Huh? This is the delil that covering the face is not a must. And you tell her you have to cover your face. But at the same time, I'm telling the sisters, if your husband, he wants you to cover your face, please listen to him. This is his right. Huh? He doesn't want you to be seen by anyone. You know, one of the sahaba, he was so jealous Zubair was so jealous. If his wife rides a camel, the moment that camel reaches the house, he slaughters the camel. Because he doesn't want anyone to ride that camel. Because his wife rode it. Yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Jazakumullah khairan. We need to finish immediately, inshallah. Would you have a break? And when you come back from the break, we continue with the questions and answers. Jazakallah. It's an urgent announcement. Uh, somebody has claimed a key to a room, Stamford F11, earlier during the day. The wrong key was given to that person. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Okay, akhwa. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. There's no time. Brothers, don't go yet. Brothers. Brothers.